Well, I'm always so, as the kids are going down, um, I will say I'm always so honored uh, to get to speak, and I don't uh, take it for granted. It's a privilege um, for me, and um, I'm, I'm very honored but uh, to be entrusted. But I always, anytime I speak, I give the warning. I do um, come from a couple generations of Pentecostal preachers, so I get if I get excited and holler at you, you can holler back at me. I like that holler back preaching, so you can holler back at me, okay? Um, I want to speak this morning with the Lord's help on in the middle. Look at your neighbor and say, in the middle. In the middle. Look at your other neighbor that you just ignored and say, in the middle. In the middle. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, If you would, you can turn in your Bibles or uh, put your attention on the screen uh, to Joshua chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 1 and read uh, the first seven verses. So Joshua chapter 4. If you're there, say, I got it. Good deal. All right, Joshua chapter 4, starting with verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one of each for the 12 uh, tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, in, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that your presence is already in this place, and it's evident, and Father, we don't rush past that, but God, we honor it. And so we honor the King of Kings in the house today, and we thank you, Father, that you're here. And Lord, I pray that your word come forth in anointing and in power. God, it's not me, it's not my words, but it's what you have to say. So Lord, I pray it come forth with anointing drenched in the Holy Spirit. And I pray it fall on good ground today and take deep root. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in the middle. Uh, the middle, if you look at that word, middle is uh, means point, apart, or position. So point, part, or position. And when we talk about, when I, the way I'm going to talk about it today, spiritually speaking, the middle is the process. Right? The middle is the process. So when we get saved, when you're born again, there's the beginning. And then we have the end, which is eternal life. And if you're sitting here today, the majority of us have that middle, that in-between that we have to walk in. And a lot of times as, as Christians, we think when we first get saved, oh, it's going to be rainbows and butterflies and, and fairies and wonderful. And it's always not. Um, it's, it's hard. And sometimes we get caught in the middle, in the in-between, in the process. Uh, but God wants to reveal himself to us through even those times. Amen? Amen. So the middle represents the process the pro- where I'm at now. So there are things that have to happen in my life and in our lives before we can step into what God has for us. So um, when we're going back to my text in Joshua, even though, so the Israelites were crossing over into the promised land and they hear, prom- and we think promised land, it was perfect after that. No, it wasn't. They still faced 
battles and struggles, the battles were still there, but the blessings came too. And so I love that in this text that the Lord told Joshua, he said, take the Ark of the Covenant, and which was literally the presence, the symbolic of the presence of the Lord, and have your priests carry it into uh, the river. And so as soon as the priest, the Bible says that as soon as the priest stepped foot in the, in the water, the presence of the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord, as soon as it hit the water, the water began to, to back up and to move. And, and the Lord told Joshua, go have, have the Ark of the Covenant in the middle. And once you do that, I want uh, the the priests for the 12, 12, hello, 12, I'm talking too fast, 12 tribes of Israel to go and to get, pick up stones and those will be served as a memorial. And so basically the Lord said to do that, take up these, these remembrance stones so that you will remember that my presence came and showed up in the middle, literally in the middle of the river. And so the middle served as a sign for future generations. So he's, God, God told Joshua, take these stones and it's not even going to be, um, yes, it's going to be for you so you can remember what I've done, but it's going to be from the generations to come there after you so they don't, even, they don't forget that I showed up and my presence was in the middle. Amen. I love in Job, Job 8, 7. Job says, or God says, your future will be brighter by far than your past. So things that you've come in with even today, they may seem pretty yucky and pretty bad, but God promises, and if, it, if the word says it, then it's true, and he promises that greater days and are ahead and our future will be brighter. Amen? So when I uh, think of the middle, a lot of times the way the Lord speaks to me, it's very practical. I like to eat, so he gave me a symbol of food so we're going to talk about it who likes oreos everybody okay so when you think of this oreo we've got a cookie and the cream in the middle and the cookie what's the best part the cream don't say the cookie the cream is the best part thank you okay the middle is the best part right so if it wasn't for the middle of this my cookie would fall apart right so my middle is what holds this cookie together so in the same way for us Yes, we have a beginning. God saved us and he redeemed us. And if we accept him as Lord, we're going to spend eternity with him. And what a great gift that is. But this in-between is what develops me and what molds me and what shapes me. And where he shows up is in the middle. Right? So it's so easy at times that when we're going through life that we can get so caught up in the stuff going on that we neglect. We forget about the stuff that he may be trying to do in and through us and around us because we're so, we're so caught up on the, the stuff, the stuff that's going on that we, that we lose sight of that he's going to turn my test into a testimony, my mess into a message. And that's the middle. That's the middle, the middle part of the, the middle part of the cookie. So what's your middle for all of us? It may look different, different senses in our life. It looks different. Your may, your middle may be a cancer diagnosis that you never saw coming, a bad report from the doctor. Your middle may be those prodigal sons and daughters that you know right, were raised in church, but they're away from the Lord. Your middle may be a financial crisis. And it may be, it may, your middle, you may think, well, that's minute. And the Lord has, he's so big and has far better things to work on than me. But he comes to us in our middle. Amen. So it may not make sense, but it's important that we not lose sight 
of the middle. So authors, if you if you read at all, I've kind of my, my dad always says readers are leaders, and so I'm trying to read. And so, but if you read it all, or if it, you know, most of the time, if you read, you will notice that the the good part of the book, like the good stuff, is usually in the middle. And authors will tell you that the middle of a story, the middle of what's going on, or if you watch a movie or whatever, the middle is where the meat of the story, where the good stuff really happens. It can be the bad stuff that turned to good, but the the authors will tell you that that's the meat of the story is in the middle. So. Um, so I love in Isaiah 43 too, God gives us the promise and he says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So, so many times, like I said, it may be hard for us to understand, Lord, I don't know. I've been faithful to you. Why am I going through this? I, I tried to raise my kids the right way. Why are they away from you? I don't understand. But God tells us, that even though, yeah, you're going to go walk through some stuff. You're going to walk through some deep waters and some hot flames, but they're not going to burn you. And they're not going to, and you're not going to drown because of them. So I love that in the middle, when God, he, he, we, he knew that we would pass through, we would, he, we would have to walk through some stuff to get from point A to point B. But there's three things I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me as to what happens, what can happen in the middle or what he can, you know, anything that we go through. In life, good or bad, God can teach us something through it and in it. And so um, one of those is in the middle and only in the middle is where he meets me. He meets me in the middle. And God calls us to himself. He calls us to come and follow him. But he also is a loving father enough that he will meet you where you are. No, you're not going to, if you, if you encounter the Lord and you come to him and you're bound when you meet him, you may come to him bound, but you're not going to stay bound because it's impossible because he whom the son sets free is what? Free indeed. Hallelujah. And so if you come to him long enough and he will, he will change you, but he meets you in the middle, he meets you. And I love the story in scripture of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son left, he took his inheritance and he left and he spent it on worthless things. And the Bible says that what happened is, is the king, he was sitting on the porch and he was waiting for his prodigal son to return home. And he was sitting on the porch and he saw his son coming in the distance. And the king got up and back in those days, kings didn't run. Okay, it was against, he probably had a dress on and he didn't run, okay? And so kings didn't run, but the king saw his son in the distance and as he saw his son coming, he got up and he took off after him to meet him. And so I love that that's such a symbolic, beautiful picture of how the love, when you encounter the love of God, it doesn't matter how many times you've left. It doesn't matter because if he could just catch a glimpse of his child, he'll run and he will meet you where you are. Amen. Amen. And I speak that prophetically if you're in the room and have a prodigal son or daughter, they're coming home in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So he, he meets us. He meets us in the middle and scripture I want to read um, in Luke chapter 19 verse 1 through 10 story of uh, Zacchaeus I'm going to read it to us uh, quickly so Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town there was a man there named Zacchaeus he was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd any of my short folk feel 
witness. I do. Okay. All right. So he, he, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For the Lord, was for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to the house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. So Jesus came, he was on a journey, he was coming through Jericho, and he just so happened to pass by a tree, which we think was coincidence, but it wasn't. The Lord knew, Jesus knew he was up in that tree. But he, he was walking, and I would have, this is one of the things, you know, when we get to heaven, we want to see on replay, I want to see it on replay. And he hollered up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down from there. And Zacchaeus was like, hmm, okay. And he said, come down from there because I'm coming to your, I'm not even going to call you down so you can see me, but I'm coming to your house today. And when I come to your house today, salvation's coming to the whole house. So when he meets you, we get more than what we, he just thought Jesus was coming to have a snack. No, Jesus is coming and he brought salvation, which is what he comes to do for us. Amen. So um, he meets me in the middle. And number two, he molds me in the middle. He molds me in the middle. In Jeremiah chapter 18, says, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his will. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of, of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as the potter has done to me? As the clay is in the potter's hands, so you are in my hand. So today I feel that the Holy Spirit is saying, that yes, he meets you where you are, but just because he's molding you does not mean he will break you. That when we are in, when we are in Christ Jesus, when we're saved, there's some growth that needs to happen. And if we're not growing, then we're just going to drive and die. And nobody likes, we don't, we don't like correction. We don't like to be, to be molded because sometimes it's uncomfortable. But it means he does it because he loves me. And he loves me enough, like I said earlier, he's not going to leave me in my mess. It's not intended for me to stay in it. So why I choose to stay there is on me. Because he's willing to mold me and, and shape me. And I love in Isaiah 42, just talking about him molding us. It says, a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. So yes, he is the righteous judge. He is, and we, and we reverence that and we fear his, his, his holiness. But at the same time... If you are already in a, he knows where we are and he knows we're human. If you're already in a broken spot, he's not going to break you more. It says that he, a bruised reed he will not break. And he's not going to snuff you out because he knows where you are and he molds us. So before he calls me, when I, produce, when I have the Holy Spirit in me, I'm supposed to produce fruit, right? We know, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, yada, 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 you know them. But before I can produce those... Sometimes I have to be pruned. I have to be cut back. And again, it's not comfortable, but it's what's required. But being pruned does not mean I'm plucked, right? So number one, he meets me. Number two, he molds me. And number three, he allows the miraculous to happen in and through me. So in Acts chapter 16, we read the story of when Paul and Silas were in prison. 
And the Bible says that Paul and Silas, they were on a journey. They were going to pray. They were going to meet and pray. And this lady who was, um, had an evil spirit, she was kept following behind him and, and was mocking him and, and talking to him. And she actually, this lady, she had an evil spirit, but she was, um, she was like a fortune teller. And she was very, the Bible says she was successful at her job. I don't want to say successful, in it, you know what I mean. And so she, she made a lot of money. And she made her, her uh, managers a lot of money. And so what happened was that she's following behind him because she would tell people's fortunes. And she's following behind Paul and Silas, and she just wouldn't leave him alone. So finally, Paul turns around, and as Jesus had given him authority to do, he cast the demon out of her, and she was freed from this evil spirit. Well, what happened was she's freed from the evil spirit. Well, she lost her job. <laughs> and so the, the people she worked for is like, she's not making me any money anymore. And who did this? Who has cost me all this money? And so they take Paul and Silas. They throw them in jail. They beat them. And it says at midnight, um, at, who knew anything good could happen at that type of hour? But anyways, at midnight, we sleep, we're papas and grannies at my house. We go to bed early. But at midnight, the Bible says that Paul and Silas begin to pray and begin to worship. And what happened is, is there was a, a violent earthquake. And literally the chains of Paul and Silas and everybody else around them fell off. And they were free. Amen? So that was, that was miraculous. But in, in Matthew, when we read in the New Testament, and and Jesus is talking about prayer. He tells us, he says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and I'll hear you and I'll answer. So when you think about if you're at a, in your home or wherever and you're standing outside the door and you're knocking, you're trying to get in a room and you're knocking, and you're knocking, where are you usually standing? You're in the hallway, right? You're not in the room, you're in the hallway. And so, so many times while we're in the hallway, we're in the middle, we're in this process, and this door just seems like it is glued shut, and it's never going to open. But just sometimes, like Paul and Silas, you know, the Bible says, yes, I need to be persistent. I need to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And then other times, like Paul and Silas, I'm going to praise. I'm going to keep praising. Lord, I know, I know my children are farther than they've ever been, but I'm going to keep knocking. I know, I know that my cancer diagnosis, the doctor said he can't do nothing but I know I'm gonna keep knocking and I'm gonna keep praising and who knows who knows but that you might, your praise might break your chains and your neighbor's chains amen so don't stop just yet right so it, like I said in Matthew he tells us the Lord tells us to keep seeking keep asking keep knocking and then he later on in that scripture says how much more will your heavenly father give gifts good gifts to you so your good gifts are coming your open doors are coming in Jesus name so don't quit just yet so as we're um, reflecting back on my scripture in the original text I love that again God is so intentional in everything that he does and everything in scripture but again, and I hit on this earlier, but he didn't just say, I want you to set up these stones of remembrance for yourself. But I want it to be a lifelong thing that you can look back on, your children can look back on, and remember what I've done. And he allowed, he, he, wanted, them, he wanted them to remember and take note of it. And I, what I love about that is, for me, I, I'm a mom and I have a daughter, and I want Harlan and this should challenge us. I want Harlan to know that things weren't always perfect. Things were hard sometimes. Mom messed up sometimes. But she never lost sight. She never remembered what he did. She never, never forgot. Not never remembered. She did remember. She never forgot what he did. She never lost sight of his presence and his, um, him in the middle. Amen? So I love, you know, anything what we read in the Old Testament, a lot of it was a foreshadow of what happened in the New Testament and how it's relevant to us now. And we read in uh, Luke, 
going to read one more passage of scripture here. In Luke chapter 23, verse, uh, I'm going to start at verse 32. <clears throat> Two others... Both criminals were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah the chosen one the soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine they called out to him if you are the king of the jews save yourself a sign was fastened above him with these words this is the king of the jews one of the criminals hanging beside of him scoffed you're the messiah are you Prove it by saying, by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. So, what I love about this is Jesus literally, when God sent his son, he was our middle man. And he literally was crucified in between. He was, the, he was in the middle and he was crucified in between. And so when Jesus came and when it, when, before he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm sending my Holy Spirit to be the mediator, to be the middle man. And he's given us the Holy Spirit who truly is, when you talk about prayer and intercession, who truly is the way to the Father for us. And so he's, he's given us that. And I think what a beautiful picture that is. But Jesus truly stepped in the middle and he was the middle, was the middle man. So if the musicians want to come on and I'm going to uh, begin to wrap this up. But so many times when we, when, we are, when we are believers, we think that, well, Pastor Mark, will you help me just a second? <laughs> if you'll stand here. This is what happens when you're related to the speaker. If you'll stand there and face that wall. You're, you get to be God, yeah. Okay, so here's me and here's God. Okay, and we think so many times that the more I seek him, I get closer and here's my gap. And I get closer and closer and the gap closes. But what happens is, I just step forward. Just begin to step. What happens is the more I seek him, keep stepping. He keeps going and going and getting better and better and better and better. You can stop. So the gap doesn't change because he doesn't change. He's good. So there's a, there's a gap and I'm walking in my middle and I think, Lord, I, I, I'm doing all I can. I'm seeking you. I'm whatever. But he, there's more goodness to him than we've even tapped and scratched the surface of. There's more. Thank you. Give me a seat. But there's more. There's always, there's always more, and he wants us to seek that. But in Exodus, God said, y'all can stand. In Exodus, God said, and then in the New Testament, Jesus repeated it in John, and he said, I am the I am. Not the I was, not the I will be, but the I am. So he's still the I am today, right? He's the I am today. And I said this morning, I was thinking, if you've ever watched... I've been to a circus or watched acrobats or whatever. Now you've seen a tra trapeze artist. And what happens is, is they start out and there comes a point that they'll let go. And before they can grab onto something else, they're in the middle. And it can go really good or it can go really bad. But there's a moment there that probably to them seems like a lifetime that they just have to trust. 
that where I've been, what I've learned while I was there, the training I've had has equipped me that I'm here in the middle, but I know that I'm, when I, I'm going and when I grab hold of it, I don't have to let go. So you may feel today that you're in the middle. Your middle may look like you never saw this coming. You, you're, you're like, God, I, 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 need to, I, I can't see you. I, I need to feel you. You need revelation of that. Or today you just may say, God, I don't want to miss. I don't want to get so caught up in this stuff called life. I don't want to get so caught up that I miss out on the miraculous, that I miss out on the, on the molding, and that I miss out on you meeting me. I don't want to miss any of that. And we all at times need, even when I was preparing this, I'm like, Lord, I want a new revelation of that. God, don't let me, when I'm, when I'm caught up in this stuff, when I'm going through life, don't let me miss that what you're trying to do through me. 